Welcome to this week's A Slice of Golf, the amateur view of all things golf. This week, we're sharing our tips for this weekend's PGA Championship. We're reviewing a best ever round for one of us. We discuss the thorny issue of pace of play in the amateur game, and we're designing our dream clubhouse. Come along with us, Tim Williams. Me, Ben Fowles. And myself, Chris Wright. Welcome along, we're back and it's a three ball. Everyone's here, everyone's finished having a holiday, everyone's around and it's just in time for a big week this week because we're running up to, believe it or not, the first major of 2020. There is a lot we need to talk about this week. Um, We'll get to that in a little bit. First things first, I've not been here for a little bit. So fellas, how are we? How have you been playing? Just before we go on to how we've been playing, I know for a fact that someone in the group has had a particularly good weekend. So, Benjamin, talk to me. How Hello. was your weekend? My weekend was brilliant. I'm not going to lie, last weekend, it was just one of those where there was so much average, uh, and by average, I mean awful golf, that it kind of ruined uh, the enthusiasm for the week to go to the range and practice. So I was thankful that I had a round um, booked in because had I not done I kind of I probably wouldn't have played probably wouldn't hit a golf ball just because three days of pretty average golf left me a bit like yeah I could go a weekend without it turn up Saturday uh me and a friend from work played at Bursted um I started off bogey 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 which sounds pretty bad but it was actually for five points so wasn't too bad uh, I then went on a four hole stretch of one putting each time which as we've spoken about before you know, if you can start knocking parts off your score, you're going to start scoring pretty well. Um, so I made the turn at 42 strokes, 18 points, 16 putts. So I think anytime you have, you know, less putts, uh, then you do points, it's generally pretty good. Um, so I was playing really, really well. Um, the first bad shot I hit on Saturday was when I knew I was on for a score. Kind of similar to what we've been saying uh, before. Do you play kind of, you know, when should you start checking the score? When do you start looking at the score? Are you better or worse when you know the score? Well, I started, as soon as I knew that I was on for a score, massive shank, lost the ball, blob. <laughs> First blob of the day, stroke index like 16. So it's a really easy straight down hole, 320 yards with one bunker, like fairway bunker, which I was aiming to carry with my four hybrid. And yeah. Planted it straight in the trees. It was devastated. Um, hybrid. Yeah, that's that's as well. That's my safety club. That's like my my go to if I'm in trouble. Hybrid, does a four hybrid even have like a hosel to shank it from? I mean, oh. is that even? <laughs> wow. I have no idea, but I. I mean, <laughs> it went probably about 160 yards and almost at a right angle off the tee. And to that point, because I was playing so well, me and my mate looked at each other, both just kind of shook our heads and were like, oh, what you know, what the hell is going on here? Is it is it like the late round crumble when I know I'm I'm playing pretty well? Um, and then we kind of got all the way, to, uh, picked it back up and uh, it kind of took off from where I was, was before that. Coming up the last, um, it was par five. I knew I had to hit a par to hit 37 points. So, it was, you know, it was... It was Already had uh, was it like thirty four in the bag? Um, I missed left off the tee, then missed the second one left. So the eighteenth runs alongside the first. Thankfully, it was that late in the day that no one was coming back on me. 
Um, so I was playing a shot from the wrong fairway. Um, uh, where I was looking at it, there was water in between me and the green, and then there was water just right of the green. And I knew I had like a 195 carry over that water. And I was like, well, yeah, got to go for it, haven't we? So needless to say, put one straight in the drink. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> double, double the last uh, for a round of 80, 84 strokes, uh, 35 points and 35 putts on the day, which, you know, it's not too bad. No, not uh, bad. That, that was with four three putts and one hole no. where we just didn't putt because I blobbed it. No, it was the, the whole okay. line. I, I shanked it. So that's, you could, I guess you'd count as like. Give that two, call it 37. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it, it was one of those, you know, we, we've all spoken about my, my short game woes. Did not understand it because my chipping felt on fire. As soon as I got to the green, though, it felt like I was putting with a sledgehammer. And anytime I hit a putt, it would either go, I think there was one moment where I had a, uh, a 15 foot putt typically left it like eight foot short uh and then blasted the next one way beyond the hole the next time i had a 15 foot part blasted it like 10 foot past so the distance control was pony um but the chipping was there so something clicked um and then beyond that as i said the motivation wasn't particularly high to go and play but you score 35 points and you know there's a weakness in there the bug was back and the worst bit with that was that I knew I couldn't play um, this coming weekend. So I was a bit like, oh, there's, I know there's a score in there somewhere and I know there's just something in the tank. Um, but I had no other rounds in the diary. So I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty shit. I really want to play Sunday. But Sunday was due to be quite a big working day for me, start of a new month. So that typically means, particularly being a personal trainer, it's kind of running um, some new programs uh, and having to get all my you know, ducks in a row for the new month of clients. So what I normally do with days like that is get up and go exercise. So I jumped on the bike. He's giving us the full life story. Yeah, full <laughs> life story. Because it, it's a great one. Did I did like I planned to do a 30k bike ride and about two thirds of the way through uh got a phone call from our mate. So oh do you want to play golf? shit there was not a chance on turning that down so work got done in the car on the way down on the car on the way back and at like 11 o'clock last night we arrived 10 minutes before tea time literally three practice swings both nipped into the loo got to the tea box uh, and we set off and it went incredibly well it was it's one of those typically you do turn up late you just kind of rush off onto the first tee and it's one of those it's either going to go pretty well or it's going to go absolutely awfully. It never seems to just go okay. Um, yeah, Sunday's round went pretty, pretty well. Uh, we played at Pedham Place. I started one over through five, two over through six. So I was four over at the turn, uh, ended up with uh, 40 points, uh, 81 strokes, and I doubled the last, uh, yeah. which had I not had I not done so would have meant... Uh, I was seven over for 42 points and that would have been my only my second time ever breaking 80. So <laughs> what did you, you scored 80 though, right? I scored 81. Oh, yeah. had, had, had I, sorry, had I parred the last. Um, yeah, it would have been kind of the biggest points haul I'd ever had and the second best strokes. But due to the, the ease of the course that I've broken it at once, this was actually my best of a round. So um, yeah, closest to par in terms of, what was it, nine over. 
So yeah, four over front nine, five over back, 31 putts in total as well. Something happened with my chipping where every chip was like, this is fine. I Seven chips in total, four uh, went to gimme range, which were, you know, was a delight. And the time where it really mattered, coming up 18, it was one of those, you know, where you are off the green and between you and the flag, you actually have to pitch it. Well, you can't pitch it on the green. You have to either fly it to the pin or because the the, the kind of the the edge of the fairway, the, the green narrowed. So I was in the bottom portion of the green. So I had to kind of flight it up and went and straight duffed it. So then I was still in the, <laughs> so then I was still in the fringe with a lot left to do. And it ended up in a double. So the best round of golf from a stroke to par perspective, still walked off a little bit devastated. Question. A, first of all, huge congratulations. A 40-pointer is absolutely amazing. Like you said about me last week, Valis, you're getting a bit worried about me. That terrifies me, makes me slightly angry inside. Um, well, quite furious, to be honest with you. Uh, devastated that I couldn't be there as well. Uh, but actually really pleased for you. So uh, I know it's been coming, and I think, I think that drops you below my handicap now, which is slightly annoying as well. Uh, been holding on to that one for ages uh, so yeah well well done that's uh... Thanks, mate. yeah I, re- I realize I, I rambled on a little bit there was slightly <laughs> still still kind of a little bit excited I got, I've got one question for lie. you yeah, Ben no. I've got one question for you you're on the 18th yeah you've got this little chip that you need to make over the green yeah it's you're, you're thinking fuck I could break 80 here well right. actually at this point I, I didn't definitely know so our mate hit his tee shot uh, and he thinned it over the back. He was like, ah, shit, I've got to chip this one in to break 80. And I stood back and I was like, hmm, I was beating you at the turn. I feel like we're at least level coming into this final hole. I was like, I may be on to break 80. I didn't definitely know. Okay. But as soon as he said that, my head just went, shit, so, you, I'm on for breaking so, 80. Yeah. You, know you're on for a score. you know you're on for a score. Yeah. You, there's, there's two options of this style of chip that we know that we can play here. We've got the Phil Mickelson, get out the 60-degree wedge and try a flop shot over the top, or we do the classic 7-iron and just try and roll it up close. Yeah. You took what? I actually took pitching wedge, so mine's a 45-degree. So I tried to bank it off of the fringe and in. It needed okay. like a – it was quite a – it's quite a steep slope, and it needed a probably like a a bounce and then a kick 10 yards left. So it was, <laughs> it was very Mickelson-esque. Um, had I gone – had I had I gone eight iron route and gone like just just get it on the green, it would have left like a a thirty foot putt, and it, the the pin wasn't too far from the slope coming back down to the bottom tier. So I was like, right, I'm I'm gonna channel my inner feel here. Every, everything's been going well today. I'd literally hit one bad shot. I was like, right, I'm just gonna just play one into this bank, and it's gonna kick in, lovely, a nice ten yard right to left, and it will leave it about a yard short of the hole. It went a yard. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's amazing. No, congrats. Awesome, yeah. awesome blow. Congratulations, mate. Credit where credit's due. Can't Thank can't you. that one too much. Um interesting that it happened after zero warm-up, zero practice, no range, anything like that. Um because I've been away for two weeks, uh, managed to get two rounds in within that time uh, i was in cornwall in the first week in wales in the second week first week fair to say i was on a relatively boozy 
week break. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a uh, we had a tea time booked. We knew we knew we had tea time booked for eight o'clock in the morning on the Thursday. Um, so of course that meant a quarter to seven wake up, which meant getting to the club for that would get us to the club for something like half seven or something like that. So you know should have should have got nice nice night of sleep prepped. Didn't go to bed till half one. Um, <laughs> having had. <laughs> Bare slug of red wine the night before. Um, made my way to the tee with not even a practice swing, no warm up, no stretching. Um, I think I had a black coffee. That was about it, and managed to go th- three points through the first four holes, which was yeah. Uh, I, I had no reason to expect any better than that. Um, but then after that, I'd actually on the fourth, I think I'd actually picked up because I put two out of bounds. Um, which is embarrassing enough by itself. <laughs> um, and then, and then I've not, and then had a bit of a bit of a talking to myself in between the holes, and then birdie the next birdie the next hole, and was back to it. I think I finished on 20, 26, 27 points. Um, and then last week had a lovely had a, had a match play against my old man actually, Dan in Wales. Um, nice. I was giving him six shots, which was annoying. Um, <laughs> slash banditry from my father there and uh i shot i think i shot 30 30 31 points and he still won three and one which just tells you all the banditry that you need to know about that was going on you know not that i'm begrudging him victory at all or anything like that but um, <laughs> is this on a new course that neither of you have played before as well he's played it he's played it quite a number of times i'd never played i'd never played that course and i think it's one of those where if you w- did go back to play it a second time i would play it very differently um i probably wouldn't take out my woods as much as i did last week i'd probably just iron it around to be quite honest um but hey that's how it goes sometimes i mean 30 31 Um, points on a course you've not played before i like i I take that like i take that yeah yeah and now literally now that i'm uh, i'm back in london now all i want to do is play golf for the next few weeks the idea not having to do any work for the last two weeks. I just want to just play golf all the time, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I have managed to squeeze golf in whilst I've been away, which you know, will no doubt be happy to know about. Um, I'm equally come... not surprised. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, I will come back to a growing bee in my bonnet. That, is de- that has been developing over the last few weeks, but I want to talk you through. Before I do, Chris, have you been, I, I don't think you've been out, but any practicing? Anything you want to talk to us about in terms of building your game? Uh, I'm just going to build up my own confidence here more than anything, uh, give myself a pat on the back. No, no no time out on the course, which is annoying. I'm supposed to be out on Saturday. I had to bail last minute, rebooked, obviously, immediately for next weekend, and also have received an invite to play on Friday afternoon, which... Considering I didn't play this weekend, I feel would be rude to turn down. Uh, so, so I'm absolutely going to uh, take that person up on their offer and go down Friday afternoon. Uh, have been at the range, obviously. obviously. Uh, and all, all I can say is I spoke to Ben on last week's show about the excitement of my game after a little, it was like a 10 minute coaching. Like it was just something like uh, the coach Steve said to me that just clicked. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like light bulb moment immediately went to the range and it went beautifully well and then this week it's only gone better uh so 
could, like literally couldn't be more excited about getting out on the course. We all know that a great range session often means uh, a terrible round of golf followed. So that worries me slightly. But overall, ball striking is just, oh, I feel like a different player. Like honestly, and I'm like, I'm now like really, really, really excited. Whereas before I might ask for grind, I'm now like, okay, the range is now fun again, which is like, I haven't, like the range is always, for me, when I enjoy my practice, I just, well, it's a lot more fun. But like these last few range sessions, oh, I've been like loving it. Was it a simple fix, simple thing? Yeah, it was just, so it was just that, not that this shows that Tim didn't listen to the podcast last week, Ben. Um, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> yeah, pod, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, it was essentially, he's been telling me to do this, this, this thing in my swing for probably three or four weeks now. Same thing. He's probably told me in seven different ways. And I was I, I was at his driving range. He was there. He looked and he was like, you're still doing the same shit. I was like, I know. Even when I record myself, I, I see myself doing this move. It's basically just not getting my left shoulder out of the way quick enough, not opening up my chest. And he just said one thing. It was something like, oh, it's like your chest doesn't come through fast enough. And I was like, hold up. Do you mean you want me to turn my chest quicker? He was like, yeah. I was like, get it. Like, I totally get it. And all of a sudden he was like, Right, yeah, now you're doing the thing that I wanted you to do that I've been telling you to do for weeks. And it was all it took was him saying it in a in a different way and it just absolutely clicked. So um yeah, buzzing. Excellent. Well, I look forward to hearing how Friday's round has gone uh on the next episode. Loads um, of pressure a, four, a forty pointer. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll still be clear that, uh, that handicap number one position. Um <laughs> now I I do need to talk about being my bonnet. And this is something that I have experienced, but it's not just me. Within our group um, of mates, um, I know it's happened to at least one of one other person in the last few weeks. And that is that I've been a part of three rounds in the last four weeks where either I or a member of the group have been hit into um, on a hole, either on fairway or on a green. And... This is every time has been by elderly members who are generally in buggies. Now, each of those rounds, um, they've all been under four hours. One of them, in fact, was three hours 20. So definitely oh, not yeah. slow play. Yeah. So the things I want to ask is, is this something that either of you guys have experienced? And I just want to kind of have this chat because I think it's, it, it does seem to be happening with a bit more regularity. And I know that a few guys have spoken about it. So first off, let's, let's talk through what, what the, what the etiquette is. Um, who'd like to take what they think the etiquette should be on this. Cool. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take it and kind of, I, I can you know, kind of I'm, I'm go with asking, this. I'm not, I'm not asking for like the, the absolute rules of golf. It's just in your opinion, what is the, what is the, the, the best thing like to do. Thing to do. First things first. I think everyone needs to understand we're playing summer golf at the moment. Yes. The way the world is at the moment, you know, businesses are struggling. Typically, for anyone who doesn't who hasn't listened to the pod, none of us are members of golf clubs. So typically, we're playing on public courses, which are quite well known to struggle financially. Um, we're not playing two hundred pound around golf courses. A lot of the time, we're playing thirty five, forty, fifty pound around golf courses. And these golf clubs that have been struggling for the past six, because of the last five months are going to need to get people on the golf course. 
typically that slows play down because they're trying to fill out as many T-sheets as, as they can. And who can blame them? You know, the rate that golf clubs are closing, which I keep reading, you can't blame them for it. You have to turn up. If you're paying a, a, playing a, a £30, £35, whatever it may be, golf course, you have to turn up on a Saturday morning, a Friday evening, a Sunday morning, wherever it may be, and expect it to be not slow, but it's not going to be your Tuesday morning at your private members club speed of golf course. Absolutely. As I said, we are playing summer golf. The ball, A, travels through the air further, and B, it's going to kick on further. I I think it's just a coincidence you had it from the older players because I had two instances this weekend and, and kind of I said it to both of you that I've, I've kind of made a personal rule to myself that um, well, well, we had two instances this weekend. One, I hit a massive shank, just missed a green <laughs> on a different hole. So I was screaming for right as loud as I possibly could. Um, and if we were kind of playing into the wind, so they may not have heard it. Thankfully, there was no one lying on the floor. It was fine. My ball was like five yards off the green. I walked down there, had a little laugh and joke with the boys that were on that hole playing towards me. And then the guy who was 10 yards in front of me got his bag got pelted on the carry um, by a golf ball. Bear in mind, this is a 315-yard par four downhill, downwind. So someone in the tee box has gone, right, I'm hitting a three-wood or potentially a driver and has just flown it straight into his bag. Me and him looked at each other and were like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? No No foreshout, no shout at all. And no apology. As I, because I was, like I said, I was 10 yards from him. As I walked up, because I, I sliced my next shot and stayed on that same hole, actually. <laughs> Sorry, when was this? Was this part of your 40-point round? <laughs> this, this was, yeah. I mean, it, I was, you know, I kind of went for the green from uh, from, from there. Shouldn't have done, sliced it a bit, and then pitched on and, and made putt. Uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, one of those rounds. But my second shot uh, went up by them. They didn't say a single thing then either. Didn't even apologise. And I was like, you pricks like we are playing with a ball that is very very hard you know quite a famous incident think of the last Ryder Cup the woman got hit in the face lost her eye very very easy to do um and then that kind of again had a beer in my bonnet on that similar to you Tim and then later on um so Pedham Place it's got big uh banks so a lot of the holes it's it's kind of in uh, I can't even think of the word um but you're quite sheltered and there's big hills in between a lot of the holes. A ball came flying over and went through the wheels of my trolley, bounced once or twice through the wheels of my trolley and then hit Johnny's trolley, I think. And Johnny looked at me and was like, you know, what the fuck? No foreshout, nothing. So I said to him, I was like, right, new rule. Anytime that happens, we just pick up the ball. We will pick it up, keep the ball, have it as our little... uh, a uh, little trophy. So then when they come over looking for the ball going, cool, I didn't hear that far. They spend the next 10 minutes wondering where their ball's gone and then they get a four-stroke penalty. I'm like, well, I could have lost an eyeball, so you're going to lose a golf ball. That's so wait, so wait, just new, to check new rule for myself. Just to check this, your if, new if, rule. You're, if you're, they shout you're... four, if they shout four, I'll let them off. It's my okay. fault for not getting out of the way. So uh, if, it's, if there's no call, I'm like, you, you, you're a dickhead. You know yeah. the course is busy. I'm taking your ball. Sorry, mate. I feel, I feel like you've gone off of what Tim's question was. So you're, you're, you're talking about... <laughs> yeah, I'm, go, I'm going off on my own rant. Yeah. You're talking about if someone 
miss hits a shot, it's a bit of a shit shot, goes across a fairway, goes towards you, they don't shout. Yep, definitely not acceptable, should always shout for. Yeah. But that not that just because I hit a bad shot way to the right and, and nearly take someone out doesn't mean I'm I'm playing slowly or and trying to speed you up. Mm. I think the but I 100% agree with you. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. This, this is that's where I just had to go because I had my own experience. <laughs> and it, it got on my goat at the weekend. But oh, I feel good now. I've got it off my chest. Can I, can, I now, can I now try and answer Tim's question? Is that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think oh. we, I 100% agree. I think there's, there's various different types of players, right? And again, this is not slow play is for me not something like I don't I hate I don't like slow play but then I'm also not out to win a speed golf championship like I'm I'm not out, I don't care if I I don't I have no need to get around in two and a half three hours like I'm out playing a round of golf with three of my mates like I want to say like I'm happy to take some time and chill like but then again I don't need it to be like five and a half hours but if you're I think and I also I like to try and play well and for me, that's probably take like I probably take a bit longer just set myself up going right. Okay, what am I doing? I'm trying to score here. I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder if members or and again, I, I also don't know that we know that they're members a lot of the time. Like lots of people are just out for a, a hack about, which is fine, which is great. <laughs> um, if they're my understanding, look, if they're in buggies and you you as a group see them coming up behind you, they're obviously going to play, or theoretically they're going to play quicker. You get to a point that's sensible to let them play through, you let them play through. Great, fine. Now, often people will race up in buggies, hit into the group. That's rude, that's unacceptable, dangerous, as Ben's alluded to there, um, and would make me mad and will probably make me go, oh, I'm not going to let them play through now. <laughs> I'm just going to be a douche. We I did last week. (laughs) Well, so the situation was we were on the 17th. We're on the green on the 17th. And uh, these were three older gentlemen, I'll say. Um, So they were sort of mid, halfway down the fairway. And I turned back and I said, okay, I don't think they, I don't think they they should be going for the green. And then next thing, lo and behold, I saw him swing. I was like, oh, no, he is going to swing for the green. Um, Now, obviously, being of a slightly older generation, um, was probably never ever going to make the green if I'm being polite. But even the fact that I was like, no, I'm on the green on the 17th. They're on the fairway. There is absolutely no excuse for them to be hitting any kind of shots. And they were all in buggies. And my dad said to me on the 18th, see, oh, should we let them through just to play the 18th? I said, no, no, I'm not letting them I'm going to play. I'm going to finish, finish off, play the 18th. And I'm going to play at my pace. And um if they have a problem with that i'll speak to them at the end i'll be very very polite about it and i'll tell them look i've gone around in three hours 20 i've never played this course before um i'm out to enjoy myself if you have a problem with that then let's discuss that but i don't think that you've got a an argument for hitting the ball towards the green when i'm stood on the green on the 17th is the situation i very diplomatic of you i mean Mm. it'd be very tempting to tell them to get fucked to be quite frank because yeah, I think that was probably from quite a lot of us. <laughs> I think look, I think there's if it is members, I'd imagine they're seeing their courses busier than they are normally. I I don't I don't know, I can't tell you what people are thinking, but I definitely I think there's there's a lot of talk around slow play. And I think there's a 
I think there's a difference between slow play, normal play, and rushed. Yeah. Like for me, I I don't want to ever feel rushed. I ha- I really hate feeling rushed. Yeah. But I don't think we're I don't think we're ever slow. Like we again, as you said, a three hour twenty round is not. That's quite a for me that would be quite quite a quick round. So I just I think also that, can't. It's it's possibly the same as you, Tim. Sorry to butt into uh, Chris. I can't remember the last time where someone played a ball near us or into us where there was loads of space in front of us. Courses have been packed out for yeah. ages. There are tea times yeah. everywhere. It's not yeah. like they're going to get anywhere. Everyone's in the same boat. You know, we are playing a sport which is known to take, you know, a long period of time. If you're in a rush, don't play golf. Yeah. Go and play no, something else. No, go and do no. something else. I th- no, I think there's... Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about I that. Just, I, I, don't oh. think, I don't think you should ever be on a time schedule no, to I play agree. golf. Just, don't, don't tee off at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning expecting to make lunch at 2. Yeah. yeah. I, like lunch somewhere else. Like don't don't book in, like don't have that time time restriction. And then because A, you're not going to play good golf if you're feeling rushed because you have to be somewhere after this round. You're just going to be stressed the whole time. But I don't I don't even think it's that, Tim. I think it I think what you've experienced there is probably just impatience and uh and frustration and just like, well, I'm just gonna hit and hit and go. I don't, yeah. I, 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 there's no room for it. I don't I don't think it's the right thing to do. I just yeah. Yeah. So regardless, regardless of your thoughts on it, there's no, there's no way you can justify it. And it is, it's a very dangerous game if you're doing yeah. that. Um, even, even if you are, this is a one in a million shot. Like my brother hit on the first Frey Bensos tour we went on. <laughs> it's a one in a million shot that you catch an absolute flyer and it goes miles. You have to play for that happening. Um, <laughs> just, just just to confirm no no punters or players were injured in the making of that 150 yard shot on the, on the uh, Frey Benders holiday so just yeah, a correct. disclaimer in there <laughs> the golf ball did almost creep its way into the bar <laughs> made its way into the patio <laughs> fair enough fair enough okay. everyone was safe so I think we'll just end that section by saying look be sensible out there courses are going to be busier be prepared to take your time obviously no excuse for slow slow play but just if you're out going out this weekend, next few weeks, just be prepared to take potentially a little bit more time just, than things are going to have been over the past. If, if you're pressed for time, just play nine holes. It's not even this. It's just, it's quite simple. It's just don't be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that. Right. Uh, right. Just, just don't be a dickhead. If, if you're catching up on the group in front and like, bear in mind, there are quite a lot. This is just another point. There are lots of people taking up the game in this in this time, right? There are lots of people t- who have taken up game within the lo- taken up the game within the lockdown period. They might not know that they're supposed to let you play through. Genuinely, they might not know. If it gets to a point where you're that close to them that you can just like have a word and be like, "Hey, not the etiquette is that you let us play through. Are you right if we play play through?" Unless they're dickheads, they're not going to say no. Or unless you act like a dickhead to them, like just. Communicate. <laughs> I don't really. I, I don't. I don't see a need where I'm hitting into a group in front. I just don't see a need. Most, to do that. most of the time, when you play golf, you kind of know if you're playing a little bit slow and you're, you're holding yeah, people definitely. up. You're not. You know. You're not doing it deliberately. You will let them through. At the, well, I know our group are pretty switched on to it. We will let you play through at the right moment. Um, and yeah. shooting shooting golf balls like us is not a way to do it because then you dig the stubborn hills in and like nah we can we can let them stay beyond us now. I've also heard this this it's really interesting that this came up with you, Tim, because it's it was someone posted it in the Sunday Red Golf group maybe yesterday, day before, sharing the same frustration. They're like, I'm not in this to sprint round a golf course. Like they like he was saying, I take less than four hours on with our group, and yet there's people hitting into us and you know, 
exactly the same what you just described. And someone else commented, he was like, yeah, often I'll go round as a one ball, like after work on a, during the week or whatever. And he's like, and people often say, Hey, do you want to play through? They often, he's like, no, I'm chilled. He's like, I'm, I'm not worried about completing this as a race. He's like, I'd like to just take my time and chill and play. So I think it just, I, I think it depends on the, the vibe and the person that's in that group behind you generally. There we go. Rounded off on a slice of golf, slice of golf top tip, which is uh, hey, just, just talk to your other golfers and try don't and be a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. We've, rambled on about the uh the amateur view of golf for a little bit there we're going to turn our attentions to the pros uh for this next for the next couple of sections actually so first things first um let's review the weekend that was so the saint jude invitational uh jt taking the title um now i'm going to come completely clean i'm going to i have a confession on this one very sorry to say this I'd never heard of Brent Todd until this weekend. I'm going to yeah. be completely... no, apparently, you still haven't because his name's Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can only apologise. He's not listening to this, but it's fine. He's not listening. He doesn't know. Uh, oh, either. yes. But, nice. but you know what? I may have got his name wrong, but I will absolutely big him up because, man, he can putt. I couldn't believe... I was watching back the highlights earlier today. Wow. Wow. If you wanted to just... A, a study in just confidence putting geez yeah. that guy through uh thursday through saturday was just incredible um were you either of you guys following this one that closely yeah i watched quite a bit of it i i, I quite like watching todd based on the, the conversations we've had recently is it kind of um it goes against the, the the talk at the moment that like distance is king and we need to change the technology this guy barely hits a driver you know north of, of 280 I saw him at the weekend really go after one. It went kind of like 290. Doesn't hit the ball a long way. Um, it's just just very consistent in what he does. It, I think it's 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 quite refreshing to see. And it, it particularly after I can't remember the gent's name he won the other week that we spoke about, Chris, you and I. It's, it's quite good to see, and he, he's doing well. And I, I'm probably going to butcher this stat, but I think he was he was ranked 700 and something um, as as recent as, as last year, a couple of years ago, and he's He's, I think this year, won twice, had a 54-hole lead, and then obviously and, and let that one slip, and he's obviously he's played well today. I think that's the beauty of golf. It just shows you will have it in there somewhere. A lot of players will have it in there. You just need to get the confidence and find a groove. And yeah, again, it was, it was good to see him at the top. 100%. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I you, know, you guys know I'm a fan of Ricky. Thoroughly enjoyed watching Ricky Thursday through Saturday. Uh, hit both of them felt they just disappeared off on Sunday, like <laughs> a plus three and a plus five out of nowhere. I was just like, "What's what's gone on yeah, there?" They were flying. And they were flying. Like I just didn't. I honestly didn't see that coming. I, I didn't from either of them. Um, go on, Tim. I can see you itching to talk. No, we take from that and lead into um, just to let let you guys, the listeners, know. So there was a flurry flurry of activity on the uh the whatsapp chat between the three of us earlier today um regarding ricky fowler um <laughs> got quite heated this morning um yeah um, the two, two fanboys versus me <laughs> <laughs> so basically what we've seen to be honest i'm, I'm gonna go out and say that we've seen yet again ricky gets himself into contention thursday through saturday and then doesn't bring it home had a bit of a lapse on Sunday. Now, 
as as you all know, I'm a big fan of Ricky. Those time for him, but I think let's be honest, there could be something mental there because I think we could all be agreed on the fact that he's got himself into a number of winning positions um, and not converted. And he's clearly got the game because you know you don't you don't you're not a bad golfer if you finish um, second in both. I think the U.S. Open and the Masters third. Well, I think he's he's finished. I think fourth or higher in every single major at, at least once in his career. So clearly he's got he's got the goods. Do we need to reevaluate re- Ricky's kind of standing in amongst the players at the moment? Yes. Open question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know this. Uh... Cause a bit of controversy between you two, but I, I just don't see it personally. Basing it on the fact of with you know comparing him to the very very top top players, you know you see his mates in, in recent years, Spieth going on that streak that he went on. JT can have uh, an operation, have a bit of time off, come back and still look supreme. You know, there's like we said, there's, there's no denying that Ricky's an excellent golfer. I just think he's overhyped because he is. I don't really know, for lack of a better word, pretty cool. Um, and I just kind of feel like, well, maybe he's getting some recognition for being a great golfer just because he seems like a decent bloke. does seem like a great bloke, but I feel like there are too many holes in his games for him to... He gets a lot of you know TV coverage because he's a very popular guy. But his game doesn't always back that up. He's you know very rarely in contention come the final stages of Sunday. And I don't feel like he's... He's a top, top player. You know, he, he's made it into the Ryder Cup side, which is, you know, it's excellent. There's, there's no denying that. But I just kind of think he is, he's not clutch. He's not got that Sunday mentality. He's not, that's why I love Brooks, because he may be pants for the rest of the year, but he's a killer on Sundays at majors. Um, he was you know, pretty average this weekend, but that's where I'm like, that's why I, I'm not Ricky's biggest fan. Because I'm like, you with your talent, you should be winning more. There's no question about it. You should be at the top of the table. And that has to come into how you judge a golfer, is their ability to close it out. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on Ricky anyway. I'm, gl- I'm glad you were, you know, sat in the middle there, not really sure on what your thoughts were. Really, uh, really. That was just... a much more balanced argument than he came up that with. Was a bit, yeah, super... <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing his research. <laughs> Hate him, awful. No, yeah, no. really like Ricky. I just think we can't compare him to the top players because he's not a top top player in my opinion. I I think you all know I'm a big fan of Ricky. Uh, I agree in your classic dad terms there, Fowlis, that he is cool. Uh, <laughs> I was close to saying I was I was close to going with trendy, but I was like that, nah, that just won't even fly. Even worse, that won't fly. Um, and I think he's very popular, and I think for that reason, that's why. Yeah, I think he gets a lot of coverage. I don't think you can say he's not a top top golfer. I 100% agree that he needs to win. He should be winning more tournaments based off his his ability. 100% agree. The amount of times you see him get into position and think this is where someone else would close this out, and I'm worried that he's not going to. Um, so I 100% agree with that. I just don't think you can say he's not a top top golfer. So me making that statement is there are for me there are a lot of you know top players at the moment that can scrape a win. They can hold on for the final five holes and, and take a win. That for me makes a player top. Ricky is absolute crumble bum, and I would feel that 
if he had a, a few bad holes, he wouldn't win a tournament. He'd fall away and kind of disappear, almost what he did. When I say top, top, I'm talking, you know, the top boys, the, the guys who go out and win regularly, like like your JT, had a hairy moment of the weekend, came back and 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 got the win, like a Dustin Johnson, like a Brooks, the, the killers that, you know, come back nine, they're there to play, um, and you, you can't really question their mentality with it. Um, because like I said, you know, in terms of game, all-round game, he's got it. But you can ask you make yourself, you put yourself in that top bracket, mentality is arguably the biggest thing. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go. Top however many golfers of the world, or even just on PGA Tour, what do you consider a top, top player? Oh, someone who's not going to go and do what Ricky did at the weekend. Um, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about you up. That's it. I'm, I'm entirely like, trying yeah. to talking about some, you know people who would go and win big tournaments, people who go on runs of being like, wow, like, he's like the waste management open, for example. Okay, so he's won one tournament. How long has he been a pro? <laughs> no, he's won. He's won a. T- he's my, 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 my point is, he, I, I don't. I don't think he's a top top player because he has to be at absolutely one hundred percent firing on all cylinders, having his A game to win a tournament. If he's anything less than that, he won't win. Whereas Tiger, Phil, you know, a few years ago, I think Brooks, JT, Spieth back in you know, a few years ago, even John Rahm at the moment, I think even Webb Simpson. Even Tim's going to hate this, but I feel like Bryson is a better golfer than Ricky. He's not. I know you're shaking your head, but uh, I golf. feel like he's got he's got more cojones up top in, in in his in his brain. I think he's got more bottle. No, no I'm going to jump in. <laughs> um, no, naturally, in terms of pure talent, Ricky is a better golfer than Bryson. However, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I kind of agree with you. I think. It does feel that for Ricky to win, he has got to be on his best Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Uh, I I think to answer Chris's question, actually, about what makes a top, top player, for me, I think how many times have we got to a a Sunday morning recently where there has been someone, someone leading outright and then someone like a JT has swept in and won it on the last day. The marks of the really, really, really great players are not necessarily the ones that have a good day, um, two good days. They are the guys that can grind out tournament wins. And that doesn't mean necessarily that you're flying after one day or the second day, but you're in contention. And then you carry that through and you do the business on a Sunday. And I think I, I'm with you on that. I, I think Ricky potentially does lack that a little bit like i say i think he he has to be on his game the whole time i feel like he he for him to win he's going to be leading the field the entire way i don't think he's going to come from behind to win right now at the moment so annoyingly i see i wonder i wonder whether that might help his game like i yeah. wonder whether he was in third on going on sunday he'd actually be more relaxed and he's like I, this isn't mine to lose this is mine to win type mentality and he can play a bit freer whereas if you're in that top two and you're in that final pair I just, like i don't i don't know i i, I love seeing like jt i'm sure jt does this quite a lot coming out of this stats are gonna be butchered here but comes like finish starts off at fourth fifth sixth on the, the final day and then just comes through and just smashes it out so i think i, I yeah I, I agree with that i like seeing that happen well i think a lot of the press around the weekend was um about how well todd was playing through the first mm. three days and how well ricky was playing 
Brooks was just quietly going about his business. He was on the prowl the whole weekend. And I'd go as far as I say, I think it was only one poor shot on maybe, was it the 17th or the 18th yesterday? Um, that probably cost him that win. And I think if Brooks had won, we'd be talking about it in a completely different way. But I think right now, Brooks is that, he's that example of a guy that is going about his business. He's always there or thereabouts. And then he's ready to pounce on the Sunday and carry it through as soon as anyone else in that field has a bit of a, has a bit of a lapse. Um, and obviously, you know, if we talk about Brooks, I mean, could he be t- timing his form to absolute perfection ahead of this weekend? You know, I think, I believe I'm right in saying in the past, he's gone out and said that he does try and time to peak yeah. solely yeah. around the majors. I'm pretty sure he yeah. said that. I mean, which is incredible. We all know how yeah. hard golf is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and his his major record versus his regular tour record is he's you know he's got more majors than he has um, PJ Tour wins, which is mind blowing. Um, yeah. So it shows there's something going on up there that uh, it, you know he's just got it. Yeah, uh, you know, he's clear he's clearly got the game, and, and he, he only you know blew it on the last yesterday because he knew JT was was pretty close and he needed to to make a score on a very difficult hole, yeah. so he went for it and it ultimately backfired but i think he's i think people got to be worried this coming week um well yeah let's talk about it let's get into it because by the time thursday rolls around it'll be 381 days since uh shane lowry won at port rush which is the last major 381 days since we last had a major in our lives um so let's get into it let's get excited First things first, I had a little bit of a look at the course um, for this weekend. Um, selfish announcement alert. Um, I spent quite a lot of time in San Francisco last year, so I'm biased when I saw that it was around that city uh, for this weekend. But actually, the course itself, I'm just going to drop some interesting stuff out there. So the course itself, in terms of prestige and profile, was massive in the 60s um, and then went on a general decline through the 70s. In 1998, it was used as a car park. Yeah, in which was a, a nearby course and is now the, the, the Olympic club or something, wasn't it? Exactly. Exactly. So it's now hosting a major for the very, very first time. I'm just going to pick out two highlight feet, uh, holes on the course. So the, the eighth hole for this weekend is a 251 yard par three. Gentle, <laughs> gentle par three for you there. And the 18th, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb. Now the 18th will fact, claim a high profile victim on sunday i'm calling it now because okay. i it, i'm gonna i won't do it justice when i describe it it's, a, it's effectively a an aggressive dog leg left um the left being a lake yeah water yeah so clearly the sensible play if we were playing it would be probably take an iron just get to the yeah. corner and then fumble your way up these guys are going to be going for it. They're going to be taking on that corner for all it's worth, and it's going to claim some victims. Um, so, is, anybody else anything to say about the course, or should we move on to the challenge that we've uh, set ourselves for today? Move on move to the, on challenge? the challenge. Right. We're now going to test, and don't hold us to this, anyone out there. Um, please, you know, do your thing responsibly. We're going to pick out each of our three tips for this weekend. We do a slight twist in that one of our tips is going to come from outside of the world's top 50 ranked players. Okay. So Chris, 
I would like you to lead us off with your tips for this weekend, please. Yeah, perfect. Um, I have to say, I said before we got on and went live, I said to Tim that I was excited about this challenge because never, never do I actually kind of do any research on the course, look at look at what they're going into and then go, which player, based on that, which players do I think are going to do well this week? Really, I was like, I'm now really excited for the weekend. I'm going to throw this out there straight away. One player I haven't picked, only because I know he's going to be one of Thalys' picks, and because he did it this weekend, did well, is Brooks. Uh, he would almost certainly be in there, but I know he's going to get picked, so I've, I've not picked him. Now, okay. my understanding of this course, and this is based off the limited research that I have done, is that they are going for thick rough, big thick rough, and relatively tight, i.e. fairways, not big wide open fairways is my understanding. I've not done a huge amount of course research on here. This is what I've this is what I've read. That being the case, my my players that I've picked here you are either you've either got to go for someone who hits the ball a freaking long way, so is leaving themselves a short iron in, but from the rough, likely, or you've got to go for someone who's just super accurate off the tee. I I really don't want to say it if I'm honest with you. Oh, no, um, you've done it. You've got I, Bryson, haven't you? No, absolutely not got Bryson. Oh, not, got Bryson not got Bryson. <laughs> I, couldn't, I just don't want to put Bryson in there. So uh, I, I actually would love to see JT do really well. I just love watching JT, but I think my pick's going to be Webb Simpson. Uh, doing really well at the moment. Yeah. Just super accurate, just always in play. <laughs> like, just... Uh, this is going to be like the commentator's curse, isn't it? But just for me, is that type of player off the tee accurate? Not not a huge hitter, but always there and thereabouts when when accuracy comes to comes to the mix. So I think he's for me, he's going to be up there. Someone who, when when Tim said one of the players has to be outside the top fifty, uh, I, I was looking at the wrong leaderboard uh, to begin with, and then also realised that this person that I selected. He was outside the top 50 and over the last two weeks has comfortably made their way into the top 50. And that's why I actually think I'm going, like I would be like, this person's going to do well. And that's uh, Ryan Palmer. He's now ranked 35th. Uh, he's had two top 10 since the restart. And he's currently inside the top 20 for strokes gained off the tee and on approaches. So if accuracy is anything to be like looked at for me he's my he's a big shout for me i just think he's coming in on form he's clearly confidence is clearly high and he's accurate as whatever right now like he's he's loving that so those are my two picks i know webb simpson and ryan palmer was the two main picks my then outside the top 50 is <coughs> someone who is from california uh playing in his home state is 15th in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, one of the new boys on the tour last year, and that is Matthew Wolf. I contemplated it. I thought <laughs> I knew still, still, was going to go for this. Still first, can't believe he's not made the top 50. First major, yeah, he's 52nd, 53rd, yeah. something around that mark, I think. Um, I think he hits the ball big off the tee. So, again, this is my theory of then having a short iron into the greens. He's first major championship. I mean, just what a story that would be. Home state, 
maybe it might be more of the romantic like uh, in me going i want to see it would just be a really cool story for him to, to do well but i think i think that's a shout for me as well nice fair fair okay um well i can confirm that i've not picked any of those three so very well Thanks done then uh, <laughs> let's have it okay so first one is Probably going to be an obvious one because you've already alluded to it, Brooks. Um, Brooks. Can't look past Brooks because this is him, his chance to go back to back. We've just said he peaks um, for these majors. He's about to attempt the three-peat. And um, until this weekend, I still had him down as my favourite based on the fact that he's going for three and he's proven that he can peak for these. And he was back this weekend. And I just think he's peaking at the right time. And I've got a feeling... With his distance, and, and once he starts playing, uh, I don't think anyone can can live with him. So I'm going all out on a eleven, saying Brooks is going to win it. Uh, and then for my my two other picks from kind of inside the top fifty, you know, it's it's you know, I've kind of taken the easy route here. I was going either JT or Ram, um, but because JT won this weekend, I'm going John Ram. I think going. Back-to-back is a very, very tough ask. Uh, And I I just think I was toying between them and I just thought, you know, because uh, he won this weekend, I don't think JT's going to do it. So Ram, uh, in with a shout, just because he's had a phenomenal couple of years. You know, he's got the game, he's got the distance, he's got everything that he needs to go and win a major. I just think with him, it's a matter of time. Um, And maybe this weekend, you know, played a lot of golf in the States. Now, my outsider, someone that I've kind of loosely had an eye on, for a while, his name keeps popping up on, on leaderboards and it's just someone I pick out. He's always smiling. Um, is well, the, the American commentator is called him Ben An, um, the Korean guy, or Byung Hernan for his proper name. Um, he's currently ranked 56th in the world, finished in a tie for 12th this weekend in, you know, it was a WGC. It's a stacked field. There's a lot of big, big players there. You know, his name always just seems to pop up. He doesn't seem to be in the top, yeah. top. So for that, I... I I put him as a, a pick for my top 10, but what's kind of pushing him up a little bit is he actually went to college in California. So mm. there's a chance he, he's, he's played round there. Um, he's currently 32nd in FedEx Cup standings. So again, he's looking for, for more points for there. He's clearly had a, a pretty good season and he's tied for 26th currently for driving distance. Now his accuracy, not quite the same, but... <laughs> If he puts it together for a week, I kind of feel like, you know, 26, that's pretty respectable in terms of average driving distance. Um, if he puts it together, again, watched a bit of him. He looks like he's got the game. Winning might be a stretch, particularly with with all the big boys there. But I think he'll be in for a shout. I, I would put, yeah, a little each way bet on him, top 10. <laughs> Very good. Um, now, this is fascinating because... I can confirm we've all gone for completely different tips, but brilliantly, there is a connection between all of our outside top 50 players. Okay. So I'm going to start with um, my inside top 50 is. Um, so first one, um, I've actually gone for the opposite viewpoint to Ben and I, I've put JT as, as my tip for the weekend. I know it's very difficult on tour to go back to back consecutive weekends, my view is he's coming from a place since lockdown. He, his form has been excellent. I also think he's got the benefit of over the last few weeks, he's had near near wins that he's not managed to close out. So I think he's been able to have that, take that on board, adapt from it, 
deliver it this weekend. Um, so yeah, JT is my is my first pick. My second pick, which I'm actually surprised that no one else has said this, is um, is Schofle, Xander Schofle. I think if you want to talk about accurate players, he's got to be right up there as probably one of the most accurate iron players on the tour. He's pretty much been in contention as far as I can remember in most of the, um, certainly the American-based majors over the last year or so. And along with, so he and Morikawa are my big two. They're the, they're the next big stars for me in golf. I think are going to come through and have success. Um, so those are my, 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 my two, if you like, my two regular picks. My, so when I get to my beyond top 50, annoyingly, I, I knew exactly who I was going to pick. And then he managed to do very well this weekend and get up to 46th in the world. So I can't pick him yeah. anymore, which is very That's annoying. I will absolutely give him a shout out. So, um, but rules are rules. Um, so my outside, uh, <laughs> my outside bet for this weekend is another California native. Nice. Champ. Yeah, I, I thought about Cal Champ. I did. Because if you want to talk about distance off the yeah. tee. Wow. Yeah, I do yeah. think about Camp. If I'm honest, do I genuinely, genuinely think he's going to win? Probably not. No. But it would be a brilliant story. And again, it would be a fascinating kind of emergence of a new another new kind of a, a rising american talent so again the connection between all of our um if you like our, our outside bets of maddie wolf byung hung an and um uh cam champ all californian natives so clearly a bit of homework has gone into those apologies okay. if I, apologies if i've said anyone's name wrong as we've learned <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not sure whether i'm actually impressed by our level of research or just laughable that we've picked players based on that they come or have played in California before. I'm not sure if that's good. Yeah, they've played, if not the exact course, they've probably played very similar courses or those conditions. Yeah. So I don't okay. think it's a ridiculous thing to, to say. Okay, cool. Good. Um, what I will say is coming back to who I was originally um, going to pick as my outsider this weekend as an Englishman, uh, Tom Lewis, who Tom we Lewis. absolutely have, have to give a shout out to. Um, so he was ranked 52 in the world coming into this weekend. He's now gone up to 46th in the world, which is a career high ranking for him. Unbelievably, I think I'm right. That actually only makes him the ninth highest ranked English player on in the rankings, which seem, which doesn't sound right to me. I read that, that sounds like a foulest fact. In which rankings, Tim? PGA. PGA. Do you recognise that because the English guys haven't been playing? Possibly. For the last however long. Possibly. What is what is undeniable though is that in his last three tournaments he's been thirty-four under par. Wow. So wow. Yeah. He did he shot course record at the weekend as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. So and he's come um, up through the Corn Ferry tour, I believe, like the yeah, yeah. exactly. That's cool. yeah. So um whilst unfortunately we can't put him as one of our tips because of our own stupid rules for this weekend, he's absolutely I, I'm sure we to a man we will all be backing and probably goes with our very 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 best wishes for this weekend and uh you never know stranger things have happened but um yeah absolute shout out to him um because he's obviously doing a brilliant brilliant job out there at the moment so just to run down if you like the slice of golf runners and riders for this weekend so chris wright's picks are webb simpson who is currently 22 to 1 in the odds 
Ryan Palmer, who's currently 125 to one in the odds. Oh, and I mean, that's, worth the, that's worth a cheeky bet, I reckon. I might. <laughs> so uh, very much what, the value what bet. What was Wolfie? Wolfie? Sorry, Tim. What, what was Wolfie? What was his odds? Uh, Wolfie's 90 to one. Okay, all right. Ryan Palmer. Uh, I thought he'd be better than that. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, ben Fallis goes with Brooks at nine to one. Uh, with John Rahm at 12 to 1 and with Young Hun An at 100 to 1. And me, I've gone with JT at 9 to 1. I've gone with Xander at 18 to 1, which I reckon is a very good bet. Yep. And the and the outsider of Cam Champ at 125 to 1. So um, <laughs> these are our don't take our word for it. Um, do everything responsibly. Don't bank on any of these being right. And there was a brief pause there. We have now joined us back live. That's 3-2, Williams versus Fowlis in terms of internet cutouts. Back to you, yeah. Tim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no no further words required from me on that one. Um, so anyway, that was wrapping up our very, very unofficial tips for this weekend. Don't quote us on any of them. Don't come at us if any of them prove to be completely wrong. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure we've got the winner in there somewhere. Pretty sure. I- yeah, so what you're saying is don't come back to us when none of them make the top 10. However, with, nine, right. with nine picks, we've got to... <laughs> I'd like to we, surely, surely. We watch enough golf with, with nine <laughs> picks, nine completely different picks. Surely one of us has I, got to be right. I look forward to next week's podcast already to analyse yeah. our, our picks. So, so that was our view of um, the pros game. Um, and obviously, big, big weekend coming up. Big feature returning it's been away for a few weeks it's time to go back to the dream golf club i am so excited about this um i also know for a fact one of us has not done as much research on this as the rest of us <laughs> you can work out which one this it is um you know what i'm gonna be selfish i'm gonna kick this one off um go because i'm mainly because i'm really excited about what's included um so I took inspiration from the, I think it's called the Tropicana Resort, brilliantly named Tropicana Resort in Malaysia. Um, their clubhouse has three wings to it, right? Each wing is named something differently. So I've gone for three wings, namely the golf wing, the dining wing, and the retail wing. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to kick things off. Uh, how am I going to kick things off? The dining wing is where I'll kick things off. So the first feature I'm going to talk about is the spike bar. Um, which has obviously everything you'd, you'd come to uh, expect from a spike bar, but the roles of honour that are on the walls in terms of um, course record, but also holes in one. Well, all of these will be documented on the walls in placards. Oh. Interesting quirk is that next to each name and score, or if, you know date if it was hole in one, the ball they played with is going to be on the wall. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing I want to introduce into golf clubs is name scores or date of hole in one with the ball on the wall that you right. played with on that day. Okay. That's important. Oh, wait, so I have to donate the ball that I've just got yes, hold of with? Okay. Yeah, do. Right. Right. How do you feel about that, right, That's fine. Didn't, didn't look sold, right? Mate, we talked about oh. the price of golf balls before. Even if you play Pro V1, it's three. <laughs> you another one. Yeah, but it's a it's commemorative little thing, isn't it? Correct. I'd want it off of my wall at home. Nah. 
<laughs> anyway, moving on. So the spoke bar will be uh, serving craft beer from the on-site brewery. Oh, stop it. Okay, um, I haven't gone that far. That's, that's blown my mind. Love it. There will be a separate gin bar. Obviously. As well, yeah. obviously. Um, the TVs in the spike bar will be showing non-stop golf content, either you know footage of stuff that's going on live or previous competitions all these kind of things and as all good spike bars it should be overlooking the 18th hole yeah. um away from the spike bar there is going to be a wine room yeah, uh, so this is for your wine tasting it's this wood panel there's a piano in there four walls <laughs> you've got uh, red white rosé and sparkling wines whichever takes your pleasure at that particular time uh there will be a michelin star restaurant for those who uh, would like right. it, um, serving local cuisine. That's very important. I'm, I don't know what local Croatian cuisine is, but I expect it's seafood, maybe. You're on the coast. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure whatever it is will be delicious. And the final one, and I've thought about this because we talked about it being an oceanside golf club, yes, in Croatia. Yep. The fourth thing I'd like to option is there's going to be a little jetty which goes down to the sea, which you can go on a little yacht after you've handed your round for barbecues out on the bay, have a bit of a swim in the sea if you like it as well. So there are four, four dining options there within the dining wing, if you like. Excellent. Um, now, I'm going to move on to golf wing. And I also, before I go into this, I clearly focused really on the changing rooms and not a lot else in the <laughs> golf wing. So I just basically <laughs> got carried away with how nice the changing rooms would be. Um so I'm picturing a classic oak panelled interior, kind of chandeliers. Um, again, oh, yeah, the difference here was course record holders. There's not a board with names on. If, you're a cult, if you've ever had the course record, you get a painting of yourself <laughs> in the library. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Um, now, obviously, you'll be getting some complimentary goodies. You'll be getting your complimentary water, your tears, spare socks. We've talked about how important spare socks are before. Um, you'll get cold towels to be taking out with yourself because it's probably going to be quite a warm place to play golf. And the final, just nice little extra touches, you get a leather-bound course guide uh, whenever nice. you play there. So you get just, you know, it's all about the nice touches. Um, individual changing booths. Um, also nap rooms for post round or this tournament if you like pre-round little snoozes have a little 20 minute power nap in one of these nap rooms there you go um final two things in the changing room firstly um interactive screens with flyover of the course that you're able to zoom into and really look in depth at each of the holes and the final one and this is a really really nice touch that i think you can actually get and i've completely forgotten the name of the golf club which offers this so apologies um on entry to the club a waiter will take your drink order so that as soon as you walk off the 18th green there will be a designated table ready and waiting for you with the tipple of your choice as soon as you finish lovely very nice okay. outside of that i'm just talking things like Sauna, jacuzzi, steam room, plunge pool, uh, massage parlor. Um, and then one final, final extra thing I'm going to put into the golf wing, um, just because this is something we experienced. We, we actually had, we went to Turkey last year and we went all inclusive. Um, I'm going to put a patisserie 
in there <laughs> because unbelievably you honestly I'm, I'm going out there the value of a lovely little coffee and pastry before you go out and play golf was just absolutely delightful um so i'm picturing you know a very nice open parisian kind of cafe comfy sofa sofa some lo-fi beats going on in the background um yep so that, that wraps up the golf element and then just the retail wing would just be your your, your very well stocked pro shop um, latest gears shoes balls all with the club branding on it obviously putting studio and the final thing i'm going to put in on the retail wing a tailoring service for made to measure gears so you can pick these up 24 hours later so made to measure nice. golfing trousers because as a vertically challenged man, I struggle to find well-fitting trousers. Um, so I'm going to introduce the first ever on-site golf tailoring service. Okay, those are mine. Chris Wright, you've got no, a question. I, yeah, I just want to add to that. I don't have this on my, my list, but I want to develop your tailoring service. Mm. Can we have, if you have a society of, say, over 40 people, you can have a jacket made to measure for the winner? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you might need to pick it up in 24 hours time, but yeah, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Great news. Okay, I'm, I definitely want to have that done. That's fantastic. All right, that wraps up me. All right, I'm going to pass the baton on to Chris. Go. Awesome. Okay, cool. So I like how you've taken inspiration from a, a venue. The place that I have taken inspiration from is a golf club called, let's see if I can show you for anyone listening, Google it, Friars Head. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yikes. Very nice. So on the coast, obviously overlooks the 18th and the 1st going off in one direction. The the building, I didn't want to go for like, I've seen some like clubhouses, like the new ones, like super contemporary. I know our halfway hut was like, I decided to be loads of glass, but I actually didn't want the, the main clubhouse to be a totally, totally out of place building. Um, I wanted it so stone built, just obviously quite a massive structure we're going for here the again i focused a lot on experience tim like yourself i i've honestly now just i've scrubbed out all my stuff about the beer in the bar because i've gone with obviously serving craft beers but now that we're obviously obviously having our own brewery on site i may as well not talk about it but um there is when i found out this brewery was from croatia i was delighted it's uh, for everyone where uh, it's called the garden brewery uh, I literally just Googled craft beers, craft breweries in Croatia to see what we would stock. And the first one that came up was the Garden Brewery. And this is one that comes in. If you've had the Beer 52 boxes, they every now and again feature in there. Absolutely delicious. Uh, and I was like, right, well, that'll obviously be our main main thing on tap. And I basically said, right, I don't want the Carlsbergs of the world. Sorry, Carlsberg, don't hate me. Um, I want to support. <laughs> yeah, that list of brands that we've pissed off. Yeah. Not, I want to, not, not totally upset about that one. I'm not going to lie. No, I, I just, I want to support the local, the independent breweries if we can. So uh, I want to get the local craft ales in there. Uh, but again, I think if we've got our own brewery, then that makes perfect sense to him. So that's a winner. I also obviously had a gin bar. I obviously had a wine bar. Those were both in there uh, for sure. I had two main bars so i don't a big thing for me was this isn't this is a yes it's for members from people in the area but it's also a destination right people are coming i need to probably confirm or not whether we've got a hotel on site or or close by um 
but I want this to be a place that people are allowed to come if they're not members, right? If you if you're coming in an evening, you just want to have a sit down meal somewhere. It's the kind of vibe that you can you can do that. It's not a you have to be a member. However, members obviously get certain privileges. So, in the main bar, it's uh, this is a bit where it gets a bit more new and contemporary. I guess it's a proper sports bar. So TVs everywhere, all different sports on. Obviously the golf, um, but all kinds of different sports will be being played at any time members can get priority access and reserve tables ahead of time so that they can uh, say right this is where i want to be seated to watch sport x or whatever it is um they get booking rights etc as do guests so if we've got a hotel or people are playing there on that day they're paying to be there they can also have similar uh similar rights for sure if there's no sport on which i'm not even sure exists at any point of the day there'll just be just general music and People can just sit in there and have a chat and have a few beers and have a good time. Uh, the other bar, I've actually called it a lounge. It's more of a lounge environment. No TVs, uh, nice fireplace, sofas everywhere, very chilled out. It's where you go if you just want to, like, yeah, chill, have an evening where you're not getting totally boozed or you just want to go and have a, a, a chat, basically, more than anything. Just a very calm place. Good little whiskey area, maybe. Nice red wine to finish off an evening. That That kind of that kind of vibe uh, probably could make quite a good working space during the day, but I'm not offering out to that. The, the eating areas, there are several different function rooms, if you like, which societies come into. And if there was like 14, you know, 16 of us or whatever have been, been on a trip, we go and have our post around meal in, in that room. We can do our prize giving in there uh, and it all gets like kept away before we come back out to the main sports bar or wherever we're going. The uh, you're already laughing. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking that you, you have your kind of lovely uh, your society dining room for you to get basically tanked up, I suppose, on post round revelry yeah. before yeah. the animals are fully unleashed into the, yeah. the main <laughs> yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, and, and then the outside area, Tim, you've, you've kind of summed it up. It's overlooking, uh, you've got two sides to it, but it's kind of a you can see the sea off on one side, the 18th green uh, on the other side. So nice view, barbecue, fire pits, you know, the works all all out there, which is just for perfect post-round post round pints, for sure. Um, have I got anything else that I want to throw in there? Yeah, you met, you. I cracked up when you described your uh, changing rooms with your oak panelling, because I've literally got the words here, can we please be done with dark oak panelling and green carpets? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I'm so like, all if you walk to some of the old traditional clubhouses, they've still got the same carpets from like the 1920s or whatever it is. They're now just faded dull green carpets. They've got the dark oak wood. Yeah, it looks nice, but I just think I, I would like something a bit more modern uh, looking, same in the changing rooms. And I wouldn't necessarily have. We talked about the. You talked about the placards around the, uh, the bar. Love that. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily have them wood with like the gold leaf writing. I'd probably go maybe like a glass um, board with like whatever engraved or printed on there. Something a bit different. So that would be my thing. And I was I was thinking about how do we celebrate course records. I was thinking about this. Well, and I just don't know quite how to do it. And you might guys might laugh me out the room here in like college sports in USA in basketball, when you achieve like a 
uh, you get a championship ring or whatever for winning. You have like the flags that are done at the side of the stadium, like lifted up to the side. I really like that. And I'd almost have a Tim Williams course record flag, like hanging from the side to be like, he, that's something stands out. It's different. It's not just a placard that's stuck up on the wall. Uh, but I want to do it with it looking nice, not tacky. Where's, where's, where's this flag hanging? Sorry, we, we have to address <laughs> so it, it. It would have to be you know, in inside the, sports the building, or are we talking yeah, like right the on the bar. driveway? No, no, okay. in the sports bar, in the sports bar, oh, okay. in the sports bar, um, so that your name is up there for having the course record or whatever it is that we decide to put that to. Uh, I'm trying to think of the flag can fall down. Well, fucking a placard can fall down. Anything can fall down. Tim, yeah, right? your name's engraved on the wall. <laughs> Unless people are going to pull the flag down. I mean, yeah, yeah. you see Phallus's name up there, he's going to rip the flag down straight away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's not what I was saying. But... Uh, another brief pause in play there for a Phallus in the drop off. <laughs> so uh, we're back here, and I think I've basically got to the end of my description of the uh, clubhouse. The only other things that I wanted to add in was service-based things like when you arrive someone comes out to the car taxi whatever you've arrived in they take your clubs they take them through to practice area for you so you just take your shoes off go get changed in the changing room whatever come out your clubs are there if you're playing at the course again the next day you can leave your clubs overnight they're cleaned uh towels washed towels like wet ready for you in the morning uh just kind of those that level of uh, experience one of the key things for me was when you walk in through the front door, you've got people there greeting you, right? I think so often I walk into a golf clubhouse and A, it's not clear where you're supposed to go. B, there's no people there telling you what's going on or what's happening. I'm just like, that's just poor. I want this to be a, an awesome experience. So you walk in through the front door, there's immediately someone there, greets you, uh, gets you organized, shows you where to go, tells you what's what's what, et cetera. Just a kind of that super high level, high level service. Yeah, I've obviously gone with the pro shop and I've again I've gone a bit tongue in cheek, a well stocked pro shop. Again, how often do you walk into a pro shop and it's like one glove and two sets of different balls that you can use? So I think well stocked, everything obviously branded in our uh, uh club's brand, etc. That for me was important. And then final suggestion, again, more of a service experience based thing really only aimed at the probably the local members rather than the trips because the trips would all have shuttles etc one thing that i think is a potential issue in the golf world right now is oh, i'm gonna be in trouble here drink driving like i think people go to <laughs> golf clubs and maybe have a beer or two more than they should uh before then driving home so my my theory my thing that i want to implement is this members get included depending on a radius, they have to be within a certain radius, a free taxi service. Wow. So, yeah. if, so that it means that you can go to the club, you drive there, have a few beers, have dinner, and then you're not worried about, there's no encouragement about going off anywhere. You can get a taxi back. If you live outside that radius, you can still get it at member, but you just have to pay a little fee extra for going outside that radius. Um, I just want to remove all potential issues that could happen. And I don't think golf clubs do enough of it, if I'm honest. Throw like that out. I like wait, that wait, idea. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you, you, you believe you've removed all issues by <laughs> drink, 
completely <laughs> complimentary. Basically, basically, it's, it's basically a scooter bo- a scooter man service for up golf members. You've basically just given golf members license just to go to a golf club and get completely tanked up. Yeah, but you think you think about all that. Like golf clubs have, you can't. This is totally a conversation for another day. That you ha- they're in a situation where most golf clubs you have to drive to, have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So you have one beer and you're done. That's good theoretically. Point. And you can't yeah. go, you can go out for dinner. Like so often people go somewhere, they can go for dinner, they can get watch or get a taxi to or whatever. I just think if you offer offer if part of the membership, you offer a service that ad- removes that risk, that removes that, and it's a huge added value. Yeah. I I would like to be seen doing as much as possible to avoid that and still making money. Like I want people to come and get booze up on golf club. I want to make yeah. money. Like we're mm-hmm. we're the barber would very quickly pay for that taxi. Yeah, that's my, that's my theory. Yeah. I suppose we talked about Apre Golf, didn't we? There we go. Yeah. Exactly. Um, right. Ben, we've deliberately left you to last. You, <laughs> you've had more time than the rest of us to come up with your ideas, so I'm expecting big things. Well, I've uh, kind of – Chris actually led me in, and then he added a couple of bits on, but he started to lead me in quite nicely, actually. And I've, I've kind of gone, right, we're in the car park, and I'm going to take you on the experience – through it so uh our uh, clubhouse is on the top of the property so you are looking down uh, over the whole course down towards the sea uh, you're greeted on arrival by someone who parks your car obviously uh, and then you've got uh our staff who take your clubs um and then they you get your, your complimentary car they, they take them through there so it allows you to go into the clubhouse uh, as you walk through the huge grand doors I put the changing rooms immediately on your left as soon as you walk in. Um, What's well, the pro shop that's going to be on your right, uh, complete with full fitting centre, stocked with every brand that you can think of. Again, alluding to slightly tongue-in-cheek. Not enough clubs in a lot of pro shops. Um, the reason why I put the changing rooms um, right next to the entrance is because I spent a lot of time walking around clubhouses searching for toilets, which is... Mildly annoying if you've got a pretty stringent warm-up to kind of get through. Uh, so ours are going to be in a very obvious location. Just head back to the entrance. Your change rooms are just there. You can't get it wrong. Uh, and then they're going to be marked, signposted to get your way to the change rooms throughout the clubhouse. So you won't have anyone going up, down the stairs, across, left, right, centre, back, forward, trying to this find way. them. Still this way. Turn right. Yeah. This Still this yes. way. Keep walking. Okay. So the, cor- the cornerstone of your clubhouse design is just having an obvious toilet in hand. <laughs> yeah. Basically, okay. yeah, that's that's me done. Right. Just kidding. Uh, no, all throughout the clubhouse, we've got paintings of, of memorable golf moments. Just to, as soon as you walk through the door, just to really get the juices flowing. Um, now, as we're taking a step into the change rooms here, you've got waterfall showers, you know, walk-in waterfall showers. Lovely after a round of golf. You've got a sauna and steam room in there if you're, you're into that sort of thing. We've even got a laundrette and a shoe cleaning service in there. So then okay. post-round, when you're getting changed, you can just chuck them out and get them cleaned if you're staying over ready for the next day. Um, yeah. Uh, everyone gets a complimentary locker um, to whack their evening gear into, which I... Just, I go on. I, I know I, I wrote this in and then logistically I was like, what, how many people are you going to have playing at the course every yeah. day? Well, Tim's, a, Tim's already established that my change rooms are the focal point of the clubhouse. So <laughs> it's massive. We've got a massive changing room. 
Okay. One big change room, that's all we do. Right. Um, and then also, I'm stealing a bit of Tim's idea. We're getting the interactive screens in the change room. But remember we spoke about our halfway hut house thing. Uh, we're shooting ace cam. So what we're going to do is we're going to project our, our ace cam onto the interactive screen so you can watch, see what's going on, see what's to come ahead. That's now, really too, though, right? Otherwise, I'd, we just people just oh, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Watching, uh, watching ace cam. Yeah, we're, we're coming to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, got, got sport as well. You know, whatever you want on those screens, but yeah, it's counts there as well. Right, so as you head out of the change room, so you, you, you go to head out to the range for the warm-up, you're greeted by a member of staff with your buggy, with your clubs on it, and there's also a chill box on the buggy with your favourite beers and your clubs are all ready to go. And then if you're into that sort of thing, you get a complimentary cigar as well. Nice. We're going, with, we're going full Miguel Angel. Uh, right, so you go off, you, 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 you go visit the range, you go play around, you come back in. When you arrive back, you're greeted at the, the same door by our man who's going to take your clubs, wash them for you, and then if you're staying the night, they're going to store them for you. And then you're welcomed at the entrance to the changing rooms with a crisp, cold pint, a towel, and then some slippers for you to wear around the facility. We don't want people using the excuse of, oh, I've got muddy shoes, so I can't go in the clubhouse. Okay, there's no excuse for that. So we're going to give you a set of slippers. Um, so we, you know, you can relax, you can get in. You know, it's, and it's also important we give you know something for you to wear uh, around the place because our bar is going to be upstairs. So we've obviously got a two-story building. Yep. Uh, and now I've got two bars, split in two. So you've got a sports bar on one side and there are screens you know, absolutely everywhere showing our ace cam, showing all the live sport. Um, there's a putt out up there. You've got a pool table, darts board. And then we've got a quieter, more relaxed bar, so where you would look at your gins, your red wines and stuff. Not not gone too specific into that, but you've gone, right, I want a nice, atmospheric, loud, noisy bar where all your societies can go. Or you've got your quieter bar if you're, if you're more, you know, after a quiet drink, post-round. Both bars are joined by huge patio doors which take you out onto the balcony, which overlooks the whole facility. So I've gone beyond just the 18th. The 18th comes in one side, they play off on the first, out the other side. So yep. you can see everything from a complete wraparound balcony. Um, you're including everything into that, the practice facility. You can see the beach. You can see the halfway hut all the way down there. We've got two separate on-site restaurants, both Michelin star, obviously. One being a, lo a lovely, lovely steak restaurant, because we're all big fans of that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other serving my favorite cuisine, Japanese. Really like a Japanese restaurant. So okay. we're planning a Japanese restaurant uh, in Croatia. Um, now, we don't have a gym on site. That's because it's within the practice facility. But we do yeah. have a full spa with pool, plunge pool, jacuzzi, similar to what Tim said, the whole lot. And then when you're ready to go at the end of all of it, you're greeted with your car. Uh, along with your clubs and then you get some some commemorative uh head covers as a memento if you're a guest because i quite like that touch so instead of make you know getting them to buy it give them to them because that will get tongues wagging and get people to come to our golf club because as we've established there are no golf clubs in croatia <laughs> <laughs> we need tongues wagging we also need the hotel along with the course the yeah there's a lot that we need to do here i'm excited for this that wraps up my idea for the clubhouse. I mean, uh, it's 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 been a thorough thorough attempt from all of us there. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything we've we've so talked pick, about. Pick your favourite things. What are we going to do? Okay, so the favourite, my favourite things I'm picking out. Okay, 
Um, the Garden Brewery craft beer is an absolute must um, in terms of uh, beer that's on, on tap everywhere. So we're going we're gonna to have a sports bar. We're going to have a gin bar, a wine bar, um, as well as uh, if you like a relaxing lounge, whiskey bar, snug kind snug. of. Snug's great. We call it snug. Um, <laughs> I am keen to get the patisserie in there, so I'm yeah, going to sure. add that to the list because I think that's more important than people probably reckon. Um, I really enjoy the idea of um, private society dining rooms. Yeah, great. Um, for golf sides, I think that's brilliant. The role of honour is clearly a bit of a point of contention between us. Uh, Chris wants flags. I want no flags. I want winning golf. I want I want the golf balls they played with on the wall with the names engraved. Um, we talked about for once, for once, a fully stocked pro shop. Um, we talked about a tailoring made to measure service for golf uh, gears fitting. Uh, we talked about artwork of memorable golf moments. Excellent suggestion from Mr. Fowlis. Um, I guess we have to put them in the obvious toilets and multiple toilet signs. <laughs> ben, because clearly that's the cornerstone <laughs> of his design. Um, along with all your kind of relaxation facilities of sauna, steam room, plunge pool, massage service, and uh, seven hundred lockers. And what? Seven hundred lockers. And seven and several <laughs> hundred lockers. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> along with along with nap rooms designated. Nap room, yeah. And have a little sleep in, um, and then finally one, yeah, just the interactive screens for um, always on Ace Cam is always an absolute. Um, oh, and then sorry, the, the last one, just going to put in from me as I do want to get it in there is the um, the possibility to offer the private sailing with barbecue <laughs> and dip. Yeah, hundred percent. Got to go in there. Got to go in there. So. Let us know if we've just completely lost our minds and we're, we're <laughs> is in there that you think we're actually we may be on something. Um, or, or if we've missed something really obvious. There's something that is either really obvious or you think we've hit the post on something. We've we've almost got it but not quite cracked it. Just let us know. That in a huge, huge nutshell, wraps up this week's edition of um Dream uh, Dream Golf Club and this week's edition of the pod. So looking forward to next week. We'll be back and we'll be here. We'll be reviewing, obviously, the PGA Championships this weekend. We'll also probably review uh, a few rounds for us and see how we go over the weekends. Uh, anything more? Any more for any more chaps? No, looking forward to next week. All good, gents. Great stuff. As ever, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks very much. Catch you later. Later. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, share and leave us a review. It really, really helps us out. As ever, the podcast is brought to you by Tour Champ. Uh, it's your opportunity to go and create society leagues and competitions online. You can find us at tourchamp.co and also by Sunday Red Golf, where you can join a community of like-minded golfers and join events, workshops and much, much more. Go check it out at sundayredgolf.co.uk.